Hi, everyone, and welcome along to our regular preview show in association with Sports Broker. Thanks for joining us, and massive thanks to our friends at Sports Broker, as ever, for allowing us to bring today's productions here. Delighted again ahead of this weekend's first home game in front of fans in over 500 days. I've got two great guests, two guests with the same name, just to confuse everyone as well. But I'd like to welcome Huddersfield Town's current defender, Matty Pearson, and former Huddersfield Town goalkeeper turned Radio Leeds pundit, Matt Glennon. Matthews, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Matty Pearson, I'm going to start with you if that's okay. First of all, thanks for joining us on a rare day off, uh, Matty, really appreciated. We spoke to you when you joined Rusfield Town back in the summer. It's the first chance we've had to really ask you about pre-season, ask you about the start of the season so far. How is life at Huddersfield Town? Is it everything that you expected it to be? Yeah, um, the facilities, all the lads, all the the staff have been top-notch and I can't really complain, really. I think um, we've worked well pre-season and I think it's it's coming together together well now. We just need to get get into these league games and, and start putting everything we've worked on together. And must be good as well to be back in West Yorkshire, I imagine, of course. It must be a, a massive fillet to you after your exile for a little while. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be back home and, and obviously see familiar faces and see them more regular. But uh, regards to, to coming to training and, and getting down to business, the, the gaff has been brilliant. Um, all the staff have been brilliant um, working on where we want to play. And, and I think it, I've bought... We've, Quite all the new lads have bought into it and uh, we're all ready for it. Matty, can I ask you, you just mentioned Carlos Corber, I'm the head coach there. I think there's a, a big perception from the outside and, and Matty Glennon is probably something you get as well, that training here is really intense, really difficult. What's the reality of it? Because obviously you've been at some fantastic clubs before, Matty, most recently Barnsley, Luton Town in the Championship. How does what Carlos asks you to do day-to-day at Canalside compared to what you're used to? He... Um... It men- mentally tests you. That's what I've, I've learned. Is uh, it puts you through through cer- certain things to mentally make you figure it out yourself. Um, gets you fatigued, so you're you're tired and and, and trying to concentrate whilst you're tired is quite tough. Um, that that's one of the main things I've I've learned coming here. Uh, we're doing stuff before training sessions and then going to do a proper training session. So before you're going into the training session, you're already tired and, and that's only going to benefit us in, in the long run. People watching this might not realise this, but you and Matt Glennon are former teammates at Halifax Town back in Matty's playing days. How do you think goalkeeper Matt Glennon would cope with Carlos Corbrand's training regime? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd like it, to be honest. <laughs> Saying that, it looks like the keepers have a good time with uh, Clem as goalkeeping coach. It looks quite fun over there. I think he'd probably enjoy that. But yeah, Matty Glennon just likes getting down to business, playing games. He didn't really like training. That's towards the latter end of his career anyway. Um, I can remember going into training on Tuesdays at Tong Tong School and he used to say no blasties because he didn't want lads blasting at blasting ball at him. <laughs> Bruise like a peach, mate, you know that. Bruise like a peach. <laughs> Matt, do you think that's a fair assessment of how you'd fare with uh, with Carlos's intensity? Oh, definitely. Well, I'd have loved it back in the day. Uh, you know what I mean? Because like, we had Blackie, obviously, loved his his hard work with Lee Clark. He would uh, put us through it, you know, gym-wise and work-wise. Not at 36, not yeah. an at all. That, that, that's when I, I met you at yeah. that age, wasn't it? And you, you I, 
I were a young lad and I used to used to say no blasters and it used to egg, egg me on more to blast even harder. <laughs> we, had, we, we had a great group of lads at Halifax, obviously. But uh, Matt Robin has gone on really well. Robbo's gone well. Lee Gregory's yeah. gone on well. Good team. And we were more a group of players together that got on really well and were very successful. Training wasn't really the big thing because, you know, the facility like now... Matty's turned up at Uddersfield Town and it's fantastic. You know what I mean? It, it's crazy. But he's seen the other side of it. He's seen the hard side. The Halifax Town's obviously coming out professional, into semi professional. Then he's done fantastic. And I must say, on a personal note, when I saw his name pop up and the interest, yeah, I did. I, I was proud and I think you've you've done fantastic. And as long as you can't hear what I say Saturday, then you'll still be proud as well. <laughs> but no, it's great. Because he has, he's seen that. He's seen the other side of it. And now he's at a great club like Huddersfield where the training facility is a top-notch. The stadium to play in on a, a weekend, he'll see. He's very lucky that he gets to see a crowd on Saturday at the John Smiths. And it'll be bigger than Derby's crowd, let's put it that way. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point you make, though, about that Halifax squad. And we should mention at this point as well that I think at points, Danny Schofield and John Worthington were part of that group as well. Yeah, so it is a small world football, but... Uh, one of the things we've really put an emphasis on, uh, Matt, this summer is that the players like Matty that we brought in is character. And um, you're right about training and the, the premium that we put on training here day to day, but also that that togetherness in a squad is very hard to replicate. And you talk about it from your Halifax days there. I'm sure you've been in other changing rooms, but that can take you a long way in itself, can't it? If everyone pulls together on and off the pitch and you're kind of fighting for the same thing, Matt, then that's something that, that can take you a long way to start with. Oh, huge. So I, I had... 18, 19 years of full-time professional. My last couple of years was, was part-time and I found it quite hard at first. You know, I mean, that, that transition between training every day and then training once, twice a week and playing. So our camaraderie was was the best thing about it. You mean, the coach on the way there, the coach way the back. Neil Aspin did fantastic to get that group of lads together and work. And that's what bringing everyone together so early with Carlos Corbrand's done and, and, and the staff have done. They all know each other now. They're all friends. They're all together. They're in the changing room. There's not a new face that turns up five minutes before Fulham and he's playing. You know what I mean? Everyone knows what they're doing. And also the fitness element of it. I think last season, a couple of lads who came in later on struggled a little bit fitness-wise, hamstrings, calves, just because how intense the training was. So getting in, getting everyone together. And like Matty just talked about there, being fatigued together and being knackered together as well. And I you know, spent a bring, long time yeah. in... In the, the training, like you said, we, we, over the pre-season, we spent a, a lot, of, lot of time at the training ground, full days. And and like you said, being around lads, you've you got a couple of hours to kill, you're all messing about, and it, it does bring you all together. And like, especially the last six weeks, it's definitely, we've all gelled really well. And I think uh, all the lads are comfortable around each other now. Like you said, you get that... It, a team spirit sort of thing going, don't you? And, and with us all being in early has definitely helped. That's good to hear. And it, bring, and it does seem more of a, a team mm. squad. Now. Yeah. It's a squad. We're all going to play. Whoever's playing is going to be full 100%. I don't think I'm going to be talking on the radio about looking at people and thinking, could he have given more today? Mm. I, I don't think that's going to be said much this season. Yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah. Um, Matty, I'm going to talk about you in third person with Matt here for a second, so I'm going to try and not embarrass you. But one thing I've certainly gleaned from seeing you play against town in, in past years and now for town in pre-season and in the first two games of the season is that communication is a big facet, a big strength of your game. 
Matt, as a goalkeeper, having someone like Matty in front of you, there's obviously a big emphasis put on keepers and communication too, but how helpful is it to have a Matty Pearson in front of you, really organising things, taking the lead on the pitch when, when you're looking to defend? Because obviously, it goes without saying, last season the defensive record was not what we wanted it to be. Well, uh, obviously I was quite loud as well, and Matty was quite loud. We we clashed a few times, let's put it in a polite way, where he thought I should come and get it, I thought he should get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Having a having another voice on the pitch, even as, as young as he was when he was playing with me, and other players, obviously you've got Hoggy in there as well, and you need just that little jeer up sometimes when things aren't going quite well, just need that little tap or that little bit of a roasting from someone, but a bit of communication from players behind you. You're a man on, man on your left shoulder, right shoulder, keep hold of it. Just those little nuggets of information, they make so much difference. And then, you know I mean, as, as a centre-half for your goalkeeper, like, you know, I mean, you could say, Ryan Schofield, you've got time, take it. You know, I mean, you don't need to punch it. Just little bits. And if you know there's a voice there and you know somebody, you know, what I mean, can give that information over very quickly and precisely, it makes all the difference because we know split seconds make massive difference in a football pitch. Matty, is that something you've always had, even as a young player? Have you just, are you just a natural organiser, a natural communicator? Has it come with experience? Is it something you've had to teach yourself? Is How has that come about? I just think, um, like Matt, Matt said before, when I was 18, 19 at Halifax, I didn't, I didn't care. I was screaming, shouting. People probably thought I was a bit of a loony bin. But um, I'm... No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 I don't, th- I don't think you see many 19, 20-year-olds now going around screaming and shouting like I did when I was younger. And I think as I've got on, I've learned to like use it to my advantage and... Even like when defenders are there, I scream at them and try and put them off, and I'll, I'll do anything I can to try and to try and win a game of football. And and talking's a big part of where I play now. If you don't talk, it's near enough impossible to play centre back. You need to be able to talk and and tell people where you want them and get reactions off people. Really, if you shout at someone, they'll have a go back. It might make a reaction for them to to do something different or you know to to try harder to prove you wrong. So it's just all about trying to learn the player and, and trying to get reactions off them. And yeah, get advantage. The only time you're going to get an 18 year old to talk now is when the Wi-Fi goes off. That's the only time <laughs> anyone to do, to do that. Trust me, I know that in my own house when it went off on, uh, on Monday, but yeah, <laughs> it's advantages, those little tricks, those little things that people don't always know about. You say screaming in someone's face. I'm, I can't wait to see you play against Mitrovic on Saturday because <laughs> I think Patterson against Sheffield Wednesday came on and he had the beard and the bald head trying to look like some sort of Russian villain and he did him in the knee and he shut up after that. You know what I mean? He kept talking to the referee and stuff and he tries that. But to have someone in the team that can also dish a little bit back, uh, which which is needed. It, it is needed. I say those, those little tricks, those little bit of something, little advantage every single time. It can make a, a huge difference. Uh, well, I didn't... I didn't share this, but I actually saw Matty tackle one of our younger lads in training this season by shouting at him. And it was one of the funniest things I've seen all pre-season, to be honest. it were, I won't say who, because I don't want to embarrass him. But, uh, Matt, just coming back to you, because you said you were a talker as well, and I certainly know that. And it lends itself well to your career currently, Radio League, of course. But um, uh, Matt, Matt, Matty made a good point there, because uh, I watch our academy games frequently, and we have to report on them. And it, I think your point about being an 18-year-old who is a communicator is quite rare. I can watch our academy games at times and it's almost silent. And it's yeah. not something that comes with 
young players naturally. I, I spoke to Emir uh, Humphreys, who's our academy manager, and he sometimes puts that down to not having the confidence about the position you play yet. You're almost learning your own game at that point, so maybe you don't have the confidence to be telling others how to play and stuff. Is, are you in line with what Matty said? Is it something you've always had in your locker? Is it something that came on, yeah. as you played more games? Shutting me up was always the, the hardest thing. Uh, like my youth team managers at Bolton and stuff like that, I, I was always the same. The arguments would be there. You know, I mean, I never, never in a nasty way and everything like that. But I always had something to say. I always wanted to make sure my defenders knew where they were. I always wanted to talk to midfields. I talked to the the centre forward at the far end of the pitch. You know what I mean? Because you're trying to get that communication. Because you want to win. It's that desire to win. And I don't know the coach you're talking about there, but I, I think it's more of a cultural thing now. I don't think it's to do with not having confidence where you're playing and all that sort of stuff. I just don't think they talk enough to each other constantly. I have my academy. I encourage my lads to talk, to shout, to be a little bit arrogant with it as well, because goalkeepers, we have to be, because obviously outfield players blame us for everything. So we have to be able to uh, we have to be able to stick up for ourselves all the time. But I, I do think it's something that needs to be worked on more, because what we have seen the last 16 months, unfortunately, with empty stadiums is how quiet the pitch is. Mm. You've got two or three on each team who are loud. You've got, obviously, the coach who's loud and you've got the odd person who shouts. You, you, you really get the feeling that nobody's really talking to each other anymore. It's just a section of grunts and shouts and little bits of something. And, yeah, it, I, I think as much as you have to learn to trap a ball and head a ball and do everything else, you've got to learn to talk to your teammates. Absolutely right. Matt, if I can come back to you, we'll talk the first two games of the season, if that's OK. Sheffield Wednesday in the Carabao Cup, a win on penalties. We, we, we did enough to win in the 90 minutes, in my opinion. And then on to Derby at the weekend. Again, I thought we could have won the game, a competitive game, with some things to overcome for us as well in the build-up. But uh, how much of a, a learning curve has it been for you, Matty? Obviously, you, you've played a lot of games now and, and you're not an old player by any stretch, but... What, how have you found it so far in terms of what we're asking you to do as a team and, and how different that might be to what you're used to? Yeah, it's, de it's definitely um, a change in, in style of play. I'm, I'm used to, for Luton the last three, last three seasons, I've, I've been told to stretch the team, play longer balls. Now I'm playing short passes and, and trying to get certain players on the ball that, that are going to make stuff happen. Um, that's basically my job. I I'm not going to make stuff happen myself as such, but um, if I can get the certain players on the ball, and and that's um, that's basically what we've been trying to do for the last eight weeks or whatever it is, learning and and finding ways ways to to break teams down. But uh, regarding the two games, I think we've been solid enough enough performances. I don't think we've we've conceded too many chances. Um, I think. Sheffield Wednesday were a good game where we'll come in like this style of play come through um, how we wanted to play. I thought I'm like pleased with that, but then obviously Derby, certain things have happened with with COVID reasons, and it it, it made the team selection a bit different. And it, no excuses because that's football. You, you have stuff that's in the way, and I think generally, I think we've done we've done all right. Um, limited them to not not that many chances and. Tried to put our stamp on the game. Well, yeah, going back, to say going back to the, the Sheffield Wednesday game, you had a Premier League goalkeeper and Peacock Farrell. You know, in the goal for Sheffield Wednesday, made a lot of good saves. They've got a decent side still, a decent, decent side. Yeah. I thought it, it was good, even though I'm not used to being back at work on the first of August, and the wife wasn't very happy. 
But it, it was good to get that initial game in that meant something. You got to see the players got bedded in. And then Derby, like I was, I got annoyed with a few people on the radio, I must admit, on Saturday. It often, often does happen with me. <laughs> but Derby were a decent side with decent players and all that rubbish with Rooney before that. It's only because Rooney's a Derby. That's the only yep. reason that we hear all the, 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 the troubles and strifes and everything that's going on uh, with that club. They had a good squad out on Saturday and you don't need strength in depth on the first game of the season because nobody's tired, nobody's injured. And I thought it was a game, of, and like you said there, David, as well, a game that, that could have been won. And what you're saying, it could have easily been two wins, but at the same time, limited chances. Ryan's not had much to do. I mean, Nichols didn't have much to do in the first game either. And after last season's, you know what I mean, conceding as many as they did, I said, it's got to be a massive bonus. I, I agree with you with the Derby situation. I think... Um... You, you, you like you just hit the nail on the head there. There's all this hype about Derby gonna like have one. Rooney's the manager. They've no players. They've this. They've that. But their starting eleven was was more than capable. It, it's not like people look at it on paper and you get all these over hype and oh we should it, no the no. they've just not got the the depth of the squad yeah. which that showed against the Salford game. But yeah, I reckon. If you put that eleven, they they're all championship players. There's yeah, no yeah. There's about it. The biggest disruption was losing your first team coach and four of your first team players. Than that before, for me, it was uh, had more disruption than Derby going up. It was just all hype. Yeah, I think Matt. Just onto that as well. I wanted to ask you about that because. You obviously watched us every game last season. We sit very close to each other. And, and last season, second half of last season was really tough. No doubt about it. To be able to cope with four key players missing, seven important players to us in total, when you include Pippa, yeah. Rolando Aarons and Aaron Rowe as well, who I'm going to include in that. I think it, it did highlight a better strength in depth for us this season. We talked about derbies there, but to be able to handle that still have the team to put out that we did and the subs to come off the bench that we did as well, I thought was quite encouraging uh, when you realise what we had to deal with in the build-up to that game. Well, it was because it wasn't kids making the debuts. Mm. You know what I mean? It was it was professional footballers coming on who have played games. And then you've got Sober Thomas, who was just fantastic. You know what I mean? I don't know if he'd have started, if Toffolo was fit, if everyone's there, but he got us opportunity. And wow, you know what I mean? What, what, a, what a championship game that was for him on a... Saturday virtually makes himself undroppable with the quality he put in the box and the way he played. So to have that to come in, as I say, and those young lads, a lot of them did well last year. A lot of them have gone on loan now to go and get more experience. But to have actual players who have played plenty of football to come on and to come in at such short notice and still get a decent result with maybe it could have been a better one, it shows that uh, when everyone's back, Carlos Corbrand's got a lot of uh, headaches to get over and decisions to make before these, uh, these games coming up. Good ones, 100%. Matty, can I ask you about Levi Colwell? He's a, an 18-year-old centre-back, which in itself is very rare in championship standards. You don't get many 18-year-olds playing in the championship full stop, certainly not a centre-half. To me, and it's a very small sample size so far, and consistency is the key, of course, but he doesn't look out of place. He's, he's physically pretty unusual for an 18-year-old, I would say, but what's he like to play alongside? He's just got quality, hasn't he? Um, he's got the physical... To say he's 18, like you said, to have that size, he's, he's a big lad. He's got a left foot, passing ability. 
I don't want to say it like, but he's, he's got a got a good way to go. Like he's he's eighteen. He's got it all going for him. He just needs to nail this season, and you never know where it can take him. Um, like you said, consistency. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a pleasure to play next to. He's uh, he's a good lad as well. When you when he comes into the club, and he came after you, Matty, of course, so you'll have been here already when Levi arrived. How long does it take you to figure out that a lad's got something? Uh, like when you so when you see in training, if you look at Levi, how long does it take you to look at Levi and go? Yeah, he's going to be all right. You know, because I'm sure an 18 year old, you, you know, he's sort of known, isn't it? Yeah, um, I'd say at first, first couple of games, would you could tell it, tell it. Within two games, you you realise who who's who and, and and who's got what, and and I think you could see his quality straight away, near enough straight away. Um, and like you say. Um, He's 18. If he can do well this year, then you never know where it can take him. But um, main thing for him is not to get too carried away. I think uh, it, football's a harsh game at times and he just needs to concentrate on what he's doing and I'm, I'm sure his ability will take him where it needs to. Hmm. Matt, you you mentioned Sorba Thomas there as well, who's, who's been much talked about the weekend. I'd throw Scott High into that mix as well because Scott... Uh, it was only his second championship start on last Saturday. And I don't think Scott looks out of place. He's got the same uh, things to deal with as Levi does in terms of doing it over a longer period. But uh, it's a real test for those guys, for Matty, for everyone this weekend with Fulham visiting. Obviously, one of the teams that are fancied to do well this season in the championship, retained a number of players who've played regularly in the Premier League up till this point. How much are you looking forward to, to seeing that game at the weekend? Yeah, it's a, it's a different kind of challenge. But again, another person like uh, after Sheffield Wednesday game, you looked at Scott High and thought, he's got to play. He's got to play. He was everywhere. Every time he opened my mouth, I seemed to say Scott High. You know, and it, it was just, it was crazy. He was defending. He was in midfield. He was making things happen. You know I mean, again, at the weekend, he just, he wants to be on the ball. He's brave on the ball. He's a young lad. He looks a, he looks a foot taller than last season. I, I must say, he looks like to have developed as well uh, physically on the game. And these players, putting themselves in the line. Like they're not just coming in and, and doing all right. They're saying to friend, you know what? You, you've got to play me. You've got to play me. I am here to play football. I will show you what I've got. And they're doing it. Sober Thompson, Scott High are just two of the, the players in such a short space of time. We must have mentioned 50 times, you know I mean, per player. So uh, it, it just shows again, you know what I mean? You've got your players who are already established. You've got some young lads that he's kept hold of, not sent out on loan, kept them close to the first team squad. Because obviously Carlos thinks that these lads are, are going to be not just the future, but the immediate future as well. and going to drive them on this season. And Fulham is going to be different. I did Fulham TV yesterday. I must admit, they seem very relaxed at Fulham TV. But I just think, I don't know. I, I've got a good feeling if everything comes together on Saturday, then it'll be a, it'll be more than a match for them. Matt, just, just skipping back before I talk about Fulham for one second, I should have asked you this. Sorba Thomas's deliveries from set pieces have been talked about a lot amongst our fans. The, the, not just the quality, but the consistency of those. How hard is it as a centre-back to defend the type of goal that Naby Sarr scores at the weekend, where the delivery is so good, and then you've got someone at six foot six getting on the end of it? You can be as good as you want at centre-back sometimes, but do you sometimes have to hold your hand up and go, there's not an awful lot we can do about that? It's just uh, if you put the ball on the money every time, it's always going to be they're going to get chances every time. There, um, it's like you say, consistency of delivery. If someone's taking free kicks or corners against you and they're not putting it in the danger area, as a centre back, you, 
you're loving it because you can just you, you get away with not having to actually deal with with a cost. Whereas if they're putting it on the money every time, every every set piece, you you're gonna be obviously wary of uh, the ball coming in. That's like um, with Fulham, they've got that Wilson similar situation. Uh, he'll put it on on right where you don't want it to be. So we've got to be careful giving corners free kicks and stuff like that. And we're, we're well aware of it. We do. We do his homework, and uh, like you said, I, I bet they're saying the same about uh, Sarber. So, so yeah. Matty, you strike me as the type of player that will relish a challenge like Fulham. And and uh, Matt Glennon mentioned Alexander Mitrovic, who plays up front most of the time for Fulham as well. Obviously, a, a, a hugely successful striker on the international stage. His record for Serbia is unbelievable. How how much are you looking forward to that challenge and the challenge of Fulham in general? Yeah, look, is They've got Mitrovic, but they've also got all these other players that are, are quality as well. And uh, I'd just like to, like to say we, um, we've we got quality as well. We've got Sorba, quality. Danny Sinani is showing glimpses of quality. Where you, you've not seen his delivery yet. His left foot's really good. Dwayne brings quality in midfield. We, we are com- confident in ourselves to, to cause them problems and... It's fair enough focusing on what, what they've... We've, as long as we can be solid enough and, and hopefully get our right players on the ball, for example, as wingers, strikers, if we can get, get them on the ball, we're confident we, we can cause them problems. Well, that, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier on, though, Matty, as well, communication. When you've got yeah. seven like that coming in, you've got to be talking to each other, you've got to make sure you're in the right places. There's got to be organisation around everywhere. And if you're going to beat teams like Fulham let's admit you know what I mean if you're above Fulham you've got a good chance of being in the Premier League next yeah. season they are, they, are, they are a good side so when you have got talkers you've got people in there communication is so important and I say they're going to have to have the same with the sort of quality that Town are going to put in That's, um, I'd, I'd say that games like Fulham maybe talking and, and organising is a big part because that you know what it's like when you play against them bigger teams and Fulham are a bigger team, they're in the Premier League and to get through them games with positive results mainly comes down to talking, organising and because and, that's probably a good majority of the game that's that's going to be talking and organising because they're going to have the ball a bit more but um, if we can catch them on the counter and our quality shines through then uh, we, we, we fancy the chances. Yeah, let's hope so. I'm going to direct this to both of you, so feel free to answer it as you will. But fans back this weekend at the John Smith Stadium. It's been over 500 days since we've had a full set of fans uh, in HD1. How much are you both looking forward to it? Matt, first time for you, of course. Matt, it's been too long for us. How much are you both looking forward to it? Go on, I'll let you go. No, <laughs> oh, um, nah, we've, we've trained at the stadium a couple of times uh, just to get used to familiar surroundings we haven't had a pre-season game there so all the new lads get getting used to obviously the, the stadium and the surroundings I've played against obviously Huddersfield but yeah obviously to get to get um first home home game and and all all the fans back it's it's what you want in it it's, it's perfect good good club in Fulham coming coming to, to Huddersfield and I think it's it's perfect for us um exactly how I'd want want to start my start my uh start obviously at home get home games at, at Huddersfield. Yeah, it, 
it's going it's to be massive. I, I expect a lot more than there was at Derby. I was quite disappointed with Derby fans, to be fair. Luckily, town fans made a, a bit of plenty of noise, but I think Fulham will bring plenty. With it being such a big game as well, you know, I mean, no disrespect to any other championship team, but a huge game, full of quality players there. Everyone's going to be coming all excited. You know, I speak to a lot of town fans throughout the week uh, in the work that I do and everything else, uh, social media, you can just see it. Everyone's really hyped. I'm going to have to get myself down there a bit earlier than usual as well. I nearly I nearly tripped up at Sheffield Wednesday, forgot fans were in there, so nearly late for the uh, late for the start of the show. But it's going to be great. Just to have that buzz again, that, that reaction when things happen. You know, when, when the referees, I've said a million times, referees have had it easy for 16 months. Fans <laughs> there screaming when there's a mistake. Oh, Matty Pearson chops someone down. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, they've, not had, you know, they've not had that decision to make with the crowd baying behind them, baying for blood. And, and also, just the, the reaction when a goal goes in. You, you, can't, you can't beat it. You know, While you're on the pit or in the stand, there's no better feeling. But when there's 20,000 people joining you to celebrate that goal, then it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, superb. Guys, that's a perfect place to leave it. Thank you so much for your time today. Matt Glennon, we look forward to seeing you at the stadium at the weekend. I'm sure fans listening to you who can't be there with you and Paul Ogden really appreciate that as well. So thank you for joining us today. Matty, I sincerely hope we see you on the pitch on Saturday and that things go well. Thank you for joining us. Very best to look for the weekend as well. Town fans, just a reminder, tickets are still on sale online. So visit htafc.com forward slash tickets. You can also phone or visit the ticket office in opening hours for Saturday's game against Fulham. A massive thanks to Sports Broker once again, our partners, for letting us bring you this show and thanks for listening. We will see you for the Extra Time show on Saturday.